Hello, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 121, recorded on Friday the 12th of February 2016. The time at the beginning of the show is 29 minutes past 10 in the evening. Okay, now before I start, just wanted to mention something really, really silly, but you might find this amusing. I did something ridiculous. And I've done this a few times before, so you would have thought I would have learnt my lesson by now. What happened was, the other day, I was about to go out, had about an hour, which is a bit too long thinking time if you're preparing to go out and you're a bit vain. I was looking at my hair thinking, hmm, what can I do with it? It's a bit of a mess, it's too late to have a haircut. And I also happen to have another really bad thing to have if you're a single guy. One of those hair clippers. The industrial kind that you find at the hairdressers. So they're really powerful, really efficient, and really quick. I agonised for about half an hour looking at my hair thinking, hmm, maybe just a little trim. And... Five minutes later, I had no hair. Now, I've done this before, and this is really silly, because every time I do it, I look at my hair and think, I don't look exactly like Tally Savalis or Yul Brynner. I just look like a person who's had an accident with a hedge trimmer. Don't really know what to say about that, but I'm wearing a bobble hat at the moment, which should give you an idea of what a silly thing I've done. And that bobble hat may stay on for another week or two. All I've got to say is if you're at home and you're thinking about going out and you haven't had time to go to the hairdresser and you're thinking, well, I just give myself a little clip, don't do it. Resist the temptation. I don't know, just pat it down or something, gel it back, just live with going through the social occasion that you're going to, the outing or wherever you're going, with bad hair for just one day, then immediately the next day, go to the hairdressers and have a proper haircut by an expert. So yeah, I'm starting this podcast today with Potato Head. Okay. I thought that would be funny, but now, listening to it back, it sounds a bit sad. (laughs) But I'm going to leave it in anyway. And on with the news. Now, I've said in the corresponding blog post to this podcast, I've summarised what's in this podcast. And the first thing in there, on the first line of news, is Do You Remember I Do Tech? I don't know why I'm reminding everyone else. I just haven't blogged about it for such a long time, haven't written an article about tech, haven't even podcasted about tech. But this show tonight is going to be a bit different because this week it's mostly about tech. And how long has it been since I did that? Well, absolutely ages. And part of the reason why I'm doing tech in this 
episode of podcast is that I have a job now where you can read my tech articles online and in print. Just Google Maybe Magazine and also maybe go along to my blog. So I now have an incentive for doing tech articles. Not that I ever stopped being interested in technology. I mean, frankly, I'm obsessed with it, but it does help when you're doing a job that corresponds with your interests. My first article for that new gig is a nice big piece on the iPhone, but I'll get to that later in this podcast. Pretty soon, I've got another big written piece coming up on all the latest tech that we can look forward to in the coming year. So be prepared for another corresponding long audio piece in the coming weeks. Okay, the next bit of news. Thursday show. Thursday-ish show. The new regular show that's on Thursday. Yes, if you're paying attention, that show did not get uploaded this week because it wasn't recorded. I just didn't have any time. I'm sorry about that, but I am still trying for at least two shows a week. The usual solo show on Sunday and the Thursday show. This podcast that you're listening to right now is me trying to make amends for that Thursday missed show. As you may have gathered, this week has gone a bit wobbly, but don't worry, you are still getting two shows a week. On Sunday, you can expect another writing update where I'll tell you how far I've got with my novel, what's happening, and how the submission process is going as well. Just bear in mind that don't take my writing podcast as an instruction manual for getting published, because I'm new to the game as well. It's more so that you can follow my journey to getting published, hopefully. (laughs) You know what, I really hope there's good news at the end of that. Okay, let's get to the podcast. Just before we begin the big technology bit, just wanted to mention X-Files, that's a new mini-series that's on on normal UK TV. It's on on Channel 5, Mondays at 9pm. And by the way, Channel 5, if you're listening to this, you have the worst website ever. Please fix it. Anyway, really enjoying the new show. It has many of the original cast, and we're getting the traditional X-Files type adventures. We're getting the Alien Conspiracy, and we're getting the Monster of the Week type shows. So really good stuff, really enjoying it. I've talked about this before in previous podcasts, so maybe look at the archive, go to iTunes, have a look at previous podcasts, or one of the million different ways that you can find me online. I'm 
really happy to see Julian Anderson and David Duchovny back. Great stuff. Okay, and here we are. I'm going to talk about technology. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Okay, today we're going to talk about the iPhone 7. And it really is interesting what you can find online now from the different websites talking about the iPhone 7, the rumours sites, and just looking at Apple's previous history of design, I have to say that there are strange design decisions at Apple, or there have been since Steve Jobs died, and these decisions have continued to confound even the most loyal of Apple's customer base. So I'm not just talking about myself, because I'm not the most loyal of Apple users, although I do have a couple of Apple products. But I'm talking about the people who really do religiously devote themselves to Apple. And nowhere are these weird choices reflected more than in their flagship product, the iPhones. Given that they've now got a chance to make amends, hopefully this will be the end of all those little controversies that Apple customers have had to suffer. Things like Lensgate, Bandgate, the really horrible battery gate where for some reason, Apple completely ruined their product by extending the battery life by introducing this truly hideous hump-backed battery case, something that just didn't look like an Apple thing to do. And also what I call Eargate. Now, this isn't for everyone, but it does apply for me. When I bought my iPhone, I got the default pair of little earphones that they give you with it, you know, the iconic white things. But I've noticed that over the years, no matter how much they've changed the design of those earphones, they have never, ever fitted my ears. The moment I put them in, they drop out. Maybe I've just got non-Apple ears, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, we may finally see some real improvements with the release of the iPhone 7 in autumn this year. So quite a wait for the new phone. But when it comes, from what I've gathered online, the iPhone 7 range, the new range that is, includes specifications like a composite liquid metal casing, which is a clever but not particularly new alloy originating at Caltech, which will allow complicated casting in a single process. And hopefully this will make the phones both stronger and easier to make. The new casing itself is also supposed to be waterproof, 
The other thing that has been mentioned is that the horrible and thoroughly unjobsian design compromise of a protruding lens will finally be addressed with a new flush fitted lens. Some, but unfortunately not all, of the ugly antenna lines will be removed, so we're still getting some visible pants lines. I don't know. If, is that what they're called? In, I don't know. That's what I call them. They are terrible, aren't they? And we should also see wireless charging and the departure, finally, of the legacy headphone jack. Now, wireless charging, great idea. Not so sure about getting rid of the headphone jack. Hopefully, they'll give the new customers of the iPhone 7 a nice Bluetooth set of headphones and in fact one of the rumors was that these new headphones would be similar to the Bragi Dash headphones some very uh, clever earphones that are wireless um, and are completely disconnected from each other so there's no uh, although they're stereo there's no wire connecting each earpiece but late breaking news is that anything clever like that might have to wait till 2017 unfortunately i think and this is the news i read just today that the iphone 7 headphones will probably not be wireless initially but they will have some kind of lightning connector which is a bit of a disappointment and not only that, but they won't be that clever. There was going to be some thing called dynamic noise cancelling, which was on the cards for the new iPhone headphones, but that's now not going to be something that we're going to be able to have a look at until at least 2017. So there you are, some late-breaking news that you can only get in this podcast. So we talked about the liquid metal casing, the non-protruding lens, the loss of some of the antenna lines, and the departure of the legacy headphone jack. But the most interesting of all the new features, at least for the more serious photographers out there, which includes me, although there is no way I'm ever going to be able to afford this iPhone 7, is an ingenious 12 megapixel dual lens camera system in the iPhone 7 Plus. So that's not across the range, but that will be for the most expensive of the range, the 7 Plus. This technology has been sourced from the recent acquisition of a company called Lynx Imaging in Israel. And Apple paid $20 million for this firm back in April. What's significant about this is that Lynx, L-I-N-X, had developed a multi-lens system for smartphones and tablets as far back as 2014. Now, according to Lynx, these cameras will enable mobile devices to compete on an almost equitable basis with the quality of images taken with DSLR cameras. 
On the other hand, leaving cameras behind, which is good news, even at this late stage of the game, Apple will be playing catch-up with still no sign of the most premium, I think, feature of many other flagship smartphones. They still will not have an AMOLED display. I think that is a confusing omission. I'm not sure why they did that. But even more confusing is Apple's continuing quest for thinness at the expense of battery life. Not sure why they're making these phones thinner and thinner. It'll just come to the point where the phones just won't feel comfortable in the hand. And I think that's an important thing, as well as all the other functionality. There's something to be said for good ergonomics, and having a phone that's as thin as a sheet of paper just sounds terrible. And it's not just the feeling in your hand, but think about this. These phones will cost, I'm guessing, but phones, smartphones, especially flagships, uh, phones from the major brands, come in at around a thousand pounds. Now, that's a lot of money for something that's insubstantial as a piece of paper in your hand. So I'm not too keen on that. The other thing is, People are hanging on to their increasingly reliable smartphones, and not, of course, only from Apple. There are both the old rivals like Samsung and the newer upstarts, and they're all competing with Apple, and they have very good phones. So you aren't really tied to having an iPhone safe in the assurance that you have the best phone on the market anymore. I think that time has really long gone. And you can really see this in the volume of iPhone sales, which are clearly under threat. And this was indicated in a recent slump in iPhone demand. And that was even with new markets opening up in India and China. My opinion is that if the new iPhone 7 fails to impress people, then Apple are going to have a real problem tackling flat sales with what, after all, is their most popular product. It feels to me like the desirability of iPhones may be lessening now. In the past, they always felt like a desirable, almost an aspirational product. So it wasn't just that you'd buy it for its functionality, but you'd buy it so that you can say, oh, look what I've got. I've got an iPhone, it's a status symbol type device, but I think that time has gone. 
Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention, some more late-breaking news, or not so much late-breaking as I found this out at the last moment. Now, I mentioned earlier on that we should see wireless charging with the iPhone 7. What I didn't realise is that this will be wireless charging at a distance, which is quite a big thing. So no longer will you have to put the phone down on some kind of induction plate hidden in furniture or one of those little square black things that you can buy. Not sure where the power will be transmitted to. I don't envision any science fiction-like scenario where we'll now be able to transmit power for miles. I'm thinking maybe a couple of centimetres. But that is quite interesting news, and quite novel too. And that's about it for iPhone 7 news this week. Pretty soon, not next week, the week after in fact, there'll be the annual Mobile World Congress. That will be held in Barcelona. And we should see, given that we've been talking about the Apple iPhone 7 for so long, what the competitors have come up with. And I think there'll be some really amazing things on show. Not sure if I'm going to be talking about it in the podcast. I may mention it, but I'll definitely be keeping in touch with developments with the Mobile World Congress online. Can't really afford to go. <laughs> but it will be interesting to see what comes out of that. I'm sure Apple have got a big fight ahead anyway. Okay, next. Planet X. Okay, not particularly new news, but I wanted to dig into this myself to see what was happening. And if you don't know that much about it, this is your chance to catch up. So what happened was, an astronomy group from Caltech, that's California Institute of Technology, noticed an anomaly in the motions of objects out there, way past the core solar system, which indicated that there was something massive out there. Now, by massive, I really do mean big. I mean huge, humongous. How massive? Well, ten times the mass of the Earth. Imagine that. There's something that big floating out there. The reason we can't see something so big is because, although it is huge, it is 300 to 1,200 times more distant from the sun than we are. And get this, it is estimated that an elliptical orbit of this object around our sun would take 10 to 20,000 years. So the takeaway from all this is they can't really prove it and I'm not sure when they'll be able to prove that there's some ginormous thing out there, but it might be out there. 
Unless it's a tiny black hole, and then we're all doomed. No, I'm only kidding, and I don't know the physics behind that last statement, so ignore that. Don't panic. Okay, next. We're leaving space and coming back to Earth with Google and the HMRC. Do you remember that saga? When Google paid what was thought by many people to be a paltry amount as a settlement with the HMRC, which is a body in the UK that deals with tax, for pass underpayments. So we really do have no idea whether Google will be paying more tax in the future. Just no clue whatsoever. And on top of that, what was particularly weird was almost immediately after this payment to the UK government, Google scored a contract with the HMRC, who were, of course, investigating them, to help supply them with an automation solution. So they've gone from being investigated to being partners with the body that was investigating them. The whole thing is very, very strange, and I don't know how this will play out, but I'm certainly watching the news, and I'll let you know if I find out any more. Or you tell me what's going on. Okay, next. We'll leave the controversy on Earth behind and go back into space. Gravity waves detected by LIGO. Okay, for a start, LIGO is the Advanced Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. This great big chunk of equipment has detected a wave which they have christened and it, this really trips off the tongue, GW150914. That was detected on February the 11th, which was yesterday. Blimey, that was... <laughs> this news is really current. I'm obviously getting a bit more on the ball with this podcast. But, okay, apart from the name, which I'm going to repeat, GW150914. What does this actually mean? Okay, two things, and I'll make it easy on the layman, which includes myself. It partially confirms Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Please don't ask me to explain the physics behind that, because at the moment I wouldn't know where to start. And if I did dig into it, it would probably take me a couple of hours to podcast about it. So I'm not going to do that now. But there you are. Einstein reconfirmed yet again as the genius he was. The second thing is, through this discovery... It has been inferred by the scientists that the wave's origin is from two black holes that are respectively 29 and 36 times the mass of our sun, 
but only 100 kilometers across, which tells you how dense they are. And that were circling each other. And these have merged. Not sure how you can infer all that from a gravity wave, but apparently so. And that's the source of the simulated animation that the scientists have been showing us in the news. So just bear in mind when you see that, that they have worked backwards from the calculations that they've worked out from the gravity wave, that the origin of that gravity wave was this amazing event far from us. And bear that in mind too, that you don't have to worry. It did happen a long way away. And also they have no idea where it happened either. So it's not quite doomsday yet. So it's not time for me to do my supervillain laugh. And that's it for this week. Just a note, my tech articles can be found on Maybe's magazine blog, online magazine or printed magazine. Just Google them, you'll find them. Just wanted to repeat that at the bottom of the show. And the other thing that I think is quite cool, and I want to blow my own trumpet for a moment, is that Maybe Magazine is based in Bletchley Park. Just think about that for a moment. I'm writing technology articles for a magazine based in the same place that Alan Turing helped crack the Enigma code. And he did that by lots of different ways, but it included building a computer. So it's a strong technology link there. So how cool is that? And just before I go, I thought I'd mention a few ways you can get into contact with me. You can tweet me at Roy Martha, that's R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find the Facebook page for Roy's Rocket Radio, which strangely enough is facebook.com slash Roy's Rocket Radio, all one word. You can find the blog via RoyMartha.com and that's also where you can find an email form with which you can contact me. Oh, and just before I go, I also thought I'd mention that you can now also find Roy's Rocket Radio on Pocket Cast and Overcast, two podcast aggregators. And finally, 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 one good piece of news. Do you remember in December I was saying, do you remember in December that rhymes? I, that was completely unintentional, sorry. Wait a minute, wasn't that a disco song? And I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent again. Uh, the point is, let's get back to December. December. In December, I mentioned that I had a lot of podcast downloads. Now, I thought that that was a Christmas fluke because that's happened before. I would go from my regular 800-ish a month download figures and it would skyrocket around Christmas to more than double that. 
But guess what? I checked the stats for January, and although they dropped a bit, about 300 podcasts, I'm still getting well over a thousand. I think just recalling my AW stats that I had, let's see, I think it was 1,345. Anyway, it was 1,300 and something for January. So that is brilliant. The listenership has skyrocketed. So if you're a new listener or a loyal regular listener, thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And now what you have to do in return is go to iTunes and give me a review. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, that's it for Roy's Rocket Radio this week. This was Roy's Rocket Radio episode 121, recorded on Friday the 12th of February 2016. And the time at the end of the show is 34 minutes past 11. Thanks for listening. And bye for now. Bye.